Now today, I'm going to teach on areas that need, need deliverance. I want somebody to uh, pick up on Isaiah 53, 1 through 5. And we're going to set the tone in the atmosphere with the word. And then somebody pick up on 59, 1. Isaiah 53, 1 through 5. Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been disclosed? For the servant of God grew up before him like a tender plant and like a root of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected and forsaken by men, a man of sorrows and pains and acquainted with grief and sickness and like one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised and we did not appreciate his worth or have any esteem for him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows and pains, yet we considered him stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. The chastisement, peace, and well-being for us was upon him, and with the stripes that wounded him we are healed and made whole. See, he's already went through everything that we're about to go through. So he took on the full brunt of that authority of Satan, where we don't have to. We just deal with demons. If we ever dealt with Satan, most of us would probably fail. If you're not really matured spiritually in the Lord and have the Word of God in you, you'd fail. Because no demon really uh, uh, came to challenge Jesus. When the demons got around Jesus, said, get away from me, you're tormenting me. Satan came to Jesus and was bold enough to come to Jesus and say, hey, if you're the son of God, do this and do that. And Jesus wouldn't do it because it wouldn't have got given glory to God. It wasn't his time to do that. So we got to keep in mind that Jesus won. He won. And when the enemy's thoughts are attacking your mind, then that authority that he won is right there at hand. And all you have to do is choose. Say Jesus, just like y'all said. Or, uh, say the blood, the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Those kind of things. Then you're connecting with the authority and the power of Jesus Christ. And then that peace begins to settle in. As that peace begins to settle in, it's pushing out what the enemy was gaining ground on that he saw on the inside of you. And Jesus just got another measure of you. So when the enemy comes back again, it's going to be less power. It's less and less and less and less power that he has over us. That's why it's so important to know that the curse and the blessing is right there. That negative thought comes. Not everything is negative around you. The, the blessing is always there when that curse, negative thought comes. And we choose. And we hook up with the power. That power takes us where he wants us to go. And where does he want us to go? To be more like him. More like him.
Okay, Isaiah 59.1. Who's got that? And then we'll, I'll get into this a little bit here. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor is his ear heavy that he cannot hear. Isn't that awesome? Someone you can't see, but his hand is not too short that he cannot rescue. And his ear is not too heavy that he can't hear every cry. When you cry out to God, he hears every cry out. A yell. He hears it. And he rescues. You have to know that you are victorious. You have the victory in you. Everything is inside of you. But it's spiritual. It's unseen in my belly. Everything is inside of me. And I want to connect with what's outside of me and the first thing when God does when he begins to connect start moving you to that place we get sidetracked usually by someone else and we end up in a place that we shouldn't be in right so we fail that that test right we fail that test but we didn't fail from receiving it that's the beauty part about God. When he releases something from heaven, he doesn't pull it back. Or he'd be a liar. And the Bible says he is not a liar. When he speaks, every time he speaks a prophecy, any time he speaks something good in your life, he's not going to hold it back. He's not going to say, oh, you're not good enough. You have, you've been failing all these tests, and uh, I'm just not going to give it to you. It's canceled. No, it just builds up even more. The blessing builds up even more. Because there's power on it. God is always moving. And as he's moving, there's multiplication going on. So the devil thinks he's got you. And took you so far down a track that you're totally miserable. And now totally uh, feel so bad that you screwed up with God. And the whole time, God is building on the blessing. And when we do get it right, man, it comes in like a flood. The blessing comes in like a flood. So there are eight areas, areas that need deliverance. Some people just need deliverance. They've been reading the Word, meditating on the Word, but they just can't seem to get delivered themselves. So they need deliverance. They're going to need a session with an, a minister and, uh, and that anointing. And here are the areas. There's eight areas. One, mental and emotional problems. These are disturbances that persist in the mind. They persist in the mind. Resentment. Don't you just feel like re you resent somebody sometimes? Just resent them? And, and you can't see the words not working for you. And these things, you're going to need some hands laid on you. Okay, that's what's going to happen. You've been meditating on the word and the words in your spirit. But this force is stronger than my connection with the word. Right? So the anointing breaks that power off of you. So your will can connect with the word. And then you get the victory. Resentment, hatred, anger, fear. 
self-pity, you might want to write one down that connects with you. I'm going to read them pretty fast. And if you hear one, if you hear it, then you know God is speaking to you if you hear it. So resentment, hatred, anger. Now these are uh, uh, things that persist, that keep going on and on and on. You think you got the victory and then all of a sudden you get out of circumstance and all this stuff is coming out again. Resentment, hatred, anger, fear, self-pity, depression, worries, jealousies, inferiority, insecurity, confusion, and doubt. And if you can detect detect these things in your children early, like before teenage years and even in teenage years, you can really help them just by speaking that truth because it gets in there and they don't even know it's getting in there and then it resurrects when they need it. Everybody get those? I need to repeat them again. One more time. Resentment, hatred, anger, fear, self-pity, depression, worries, jealousies, inferiority, insecurity, confusion, and doubt. If this is a reoccurring thing, then you know, and, and you, you're, you've been in the Word, you've been praying, you've been coming to church, and you still got this stuff going on, and you're going to need some hand, a hand laid on you and break that power off of you. Okay? Number two, areas that need deliverance, sexual problems. These are the result of sexual practices outside of marriage, and probably 99% of the human race are outside of marriage doing something, right? Because of the temptations that are out there. And we're born into that sinful nature. So we're already bent towards that. Unclean sexual thoughts and actions include fornication, adultery, lust, masturbation, pornography, prostitution, abortion, incest, sexual fantasies and sexual deviations which are homosexuality, lesbianism, bestiality, sadism, and masochism. So if any of these things are a practice, they're, they're uh, thoughts that keep coming and leading you into these actions, then you know there is an influence there. And if you keep doing it, then he'll he'll get you obsessed with it. And that's when you really need some deliverance is in the obsession. Oppression, if you just stay in that oppression, the word will deliver you. The word will do it. Worship will do it. But when you get into the obsession of it, where it's controlling you and you're not controlling it, then you need, need some deliverance. Number three, problems with the occult. Number three, problems with the occult. Seeking knowledge outside of God. Trying to find God uh, outside of Jesus Christ. Through witchcraft, spiritualism, palm reading, card reading, Jehovah Witnesses, religious sects like Mormons, yoga, karate, santera, hypnotism, Ouija boards, Levitation, horoscopes, and Freemasonry. 
These things invite demonic spirits. And if you're yielded to these things or bent towards that, then you know there is a spirit in operation. So, number four, problems with addictions. We all know most common are nicotine and alcohol. But gluttony is one. Sex is one. Somebody's just addicted to it. Compulsive exercising is another addiction. And of course, drugs. These are things that uh, are pretty common. But if it's an addiction, then you know there's an authority behind it. Number five. Number five. This is how you know whether you need deliverance or you know that somebody else may need it that's going through something. You can help them. Physical infirmities. There are spirits of sickness that cause many infirmities and illnesses. And once they're cast out, healing needs to take place. So physical infirmities. People just can't get healed. Number six, problems with the tongue. Problems with the tongue. Lying tongue. Cursing tongue. Criticizing tongue. Gossip. That's a recurring thing. It keeps resurrecting at certain moments. Lying, cursing, criticizing, or gossip. Then you'll know there's a problem there, and uh, you need deliverance on that. Number seven, problems with forms of control. Problems with forms of control. These occur in people who have compromised their souls to false religions. All right, you ready? Number eight. Number eight, rejection. The syndrome of triple rejection. When a person is rejected in childhood, adolescence, or adulthood, he requires ministerial ministry in the following areas. That's why I said triple syndrome. The root of rejection, you got to be ministered to, self-rejection, and the fear of rejection. That's why the Lord had us read those scriptures in the beginning, what Jesus went through. He was rejected. He was despised. He broke that power by taking it on and then resurrecting the power came on him. So that's the kind of power that's available to us when that rejection comes on us. That self-rejection or even the fear of man rejecting us is nothing but the enemy because God has already accepted you through his blood. I'm going to read these pretty fast and if, if you want me to repeat one, <clears throat> these are areas that really need deliverance and inner healing I'm going to read them quick those who have given up for adoption those who were given up for adoption and whose parents contemplated abortion individuals who were abandoned or rejected by their parents orphans or those who have been rejected people who are abused raped or sexually molested as a child Individuals with chronic lifelong illnesses or history of sickness in their bloodline, such as cancer, diabetes. People with uncontrollable habits who have fasted, prayed, and tried everything without success. Those with persistent, uncontrollable fears of all types. People who suffer rejection, depression, loneliness, desperation, suicidal tendencies. Those who are frigid, obsessed with sexual desires. 
and those who have impure thoughts about people of the same sex. Individuals suffering from guilt condemnation are those who have trouble forgiving others. Those who have difficulty forgiving others. People who have resentment and blasphemy thoughts against God. I've talked to ministers that love the Lord. And he, and, and he said, Gene, I don't understand. You know, I hear this voice in me cursing God, wanting me to open up my mouth. And, and this man loves the Lord. He's got a big church. But he hears a voice cursing God, blaspheming God. So that's a spirit. People who are were in war zones or combat zones, uh, individuals who are constantly angry, shy, ashamed, or chronic liars, people living in homosexuality, lesbians, and transsexuals, those who practice or have practiced the occult, Satan worship, or astrology, individuals who belong to or participate in religious sex, those who took part in or had an abortion, individuals with compulsive desire to destroy others, those who gossip, curse, and complain, those with hatred and bitterness towards another person, race or ethnic group, those who are easily depressed, those diagnosed, diagnosed with schizophrenia, people who have exposed pornography or addicted to alcohol, drugs, or food, intensely jealous people, people who are people who practice yoga and martial arts, individuals with masturbation problems, lust of the eyes and the mind, or other history of sexual perversion, people who are who have been rebellious or disobedient, people who have killed someone or have desired to do so, individuals who hate children. These are people that need healing on the inside. You may have deliverance and you don't do these things anymore, but the healing hasn't taken place because all the thoughts are still coming. Okay? It's important to recognize these. Whatever's going on, write it down. Because it could be the very thing it's holding you back from the very thing you're asking God to do because it's taking the place of God he's got to have his place in you before he can do something for you so keep that in mind how to maintain deliverance this is, this is good this is how you're going to maintain deliverance if you can just do this you will stay free and enjoy fellowship with the goodness of Jesus and the love of the Father. Number one, develop a consistent prayer life. Matthew 26, 41, 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. Develop a consistent prayer life. Pray every day. There shouldn't be one day that we don't pray. Number two, read and study the Word of God. Every day, the word fills the void after deliverance. Once that deliverance happens, these are the steps you want to take. The word takes the place. The New Testament. Because that's the New Testament, especially the epistles. Because that's where the, um, uh, the apostolic power is in the epistles. Okay, when you, you start meditating on it, a lot of people don't like to meditate on the epistles because all hell starts breaking out around them because there's an apostolic anointing on the epistles okay the acts of the apostle that starts with acts and all those epistles are the acts of the apostles that's the apostolic 
But you need the apostolic to drive this stuff out. You need that apostolic scripture, that word that was written by the apostle to take its place. Be in there. So that's why. Number three, congregate in the church. You know, Jesus said, uh, uh, do not forsake the assembly of the saints. So congregate in the church, submit to the leader of the church, and fellowship with the saints. Number four, crucify the flesh and its ego, because it's going gonna, it's gonna to keep trying to come up. How do you crucify the flesh? You renounce it. Number renounce. You say, I am not doing this anymore. You just crucified the flesh. Because life and death are in your words. Right? So you want to nail the flesh to the cross by your words. Renounce it. I am not doing this anymore. Number five. Separate yourself from sin. Somebody, somebody uh, pull Proverbs one fifteen. Separate yourself from sin. In other words, from places that would induce sin. Places where sin is abound. Don't go there. Proverbs. Um, somebody read that one. Proverbs one fifteen. If you're spiritually mature and you have the Word of God alive in you, then Jesus would probably call you to a place like that. Because you can open up your mouth and shut it down. I, that Apostle Maldonado out of um, Miami, he took one of his sons and said, one of his sons wanted to go to the bar and witness to the people. And... Um, the apostle knew where his son was, at what level he was, to know if he could handle it or not. And he went with another son, two sons, went out and um, went in that place and started worshiping God. Just binding the spirits, speaking the name of Jesus, pleading the blood of Jesus. And two weeks later, that, that thing was shut down. It was shut down. So it shows you the power of maturity. So if you go in a place like that and you're not spiritually mature, that thing's going to come on you. And you're going to be acting like them. Right? So you stay away from that. And um, your spiritual father will know if you're ready to go in a situation like that because we will be going into barrooms. We will be going into these places. Because listen, if the devil is that busy with those kind of people, guess what? That's the end time church right there. Because they have such a strong will to choose that way. Can you imagine how powerful they would be if they chose the same strong will to choose God's way? So the end time church isn't sitting behind the desk. The end time church is sitting in the bar rooms all day long and at night prostitutes on the street that's your end time church that's the ones we want to reach but we have to have a team spiritually mature to go out and conquer by speaking just opening up your mouth okay who's got the scripture my son do not walk in the way with them keep your foot from their path that's it 
Don't walk in the way of them. Keep your foot from their path or it's going to come on you. Because the devil knows who you are. <laughs> you come in the devil's joint. He knows who you are because you got the light on you. And if he can just get you to open up your mouth, he can dim that light while you're in here. And you'll be talking darkness. You'll be speaking darkness instead of light. Okay, number six, put on the armor of God. That's Ephesians 6.10. How do you put on the armor of God? How do you do anything with God? You open up your mouth. That's how you do anything with God. You open up your mouth. Your mouth has the power. Your hands have the power. That's how any kind of spirit's going to be released from you. It's from your eyes, your, your, your mouth, and your hands. So how do you put on the full armor of God? You say, I put on the helmet of salvation, right? The breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth. I shod my feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And above all things, I take up the shield of faith to quench all the fiery darts of the evil one and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I just put on the armor. That's what I do every morning. I put it on. Okay, number seven. Number seven is plead the blood of Jesus. There is more power in pleading the blood of Jesus than, than speaking a scripture if that scripture hadn't come alive to you because you have the spirit and the word being spoken when you plead the blood. So you say, I plead the blood, which is the spirit of Jesus, which is the word. Now, you got both of them working for you. That's why it's so powerful. 